The freedom to vote is fundamental to all of our freedoms. Following the 2020 elections in which more Americans voted than ever before in the middle of a public health crisis, we have seen unprecedented attacks on our democracy in states across the country. These strategies in state after state are to make it harder to vote and easier to cheat. Well, I'll tell you what this bill does that we're talking about today, the Freedom to Vote bill, it makes it easier to vote and harder to cheat. This bill will set a baseline of protections for voters across the country with common sense, proven reforms that have already been successfully implemented in blue and red states across the country. It's about ensuring that these mass efforts at disenfranchisement that that reach their most vivid flowering in the violent attack on our capital don't occur and that people have the ability to get access to a ballot and to have confidence that their ballot will be counted with integrity. Shame on us if we allow the people's voices to be silenced in this chamber. Voting rights are preservative of all other rights. Right now, the right to vote is under attack. Our democracy is in a 9-1-1 emergency. We must act now. Democracy is under attack. And voting rights are threatened. We desperately need to reach out to middle America, if we are to heal the divisions that are fueling the authoritarian takeover of America. On Saturday, December 4th, at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, I will be hosting a live discussion about real messaging to save democracy. We will be talking about messaging that is really designed to reach moderates and those on the near right. Much of the messaging we hear is by progressives for progressives. We are the target audience. To win this battle, we will need to reach those in the middle. The messaging we are discussing is designed to be used to actually reach moderates and conservatives. It should also help with friends and family who have gone down the propaganda rabbit hole. It may not change everyone, but it may soften the resistance. The meeting will be recorded and released as a podcast. This way, we will be reaching more people and creating counter-propaganda to counter all the false propaganda. Come and join our community of pro-democracy activists. To register, go to tinyurl.com slash messaging to save democracy.
Article 1, Section 4, Constitution gives the federal government power to regulate elections for federal office. And they did that because they were afraid that some states would use restrictive voting rules, would not participate, or would it, we can't have a country where one state decides they're going to have a democracy and another state decides, oh, we're going to have a dictatorship. It doesn't work that way. So, and also one of the things that I wanted to point out is that Trump wanted to bring in the 82nd Airborne to suppress the protesters in Lafayette Square. He wanted to bring in the military to go in streets and suppress and violently suppress the protests across the country. And that one reason why I think Milley was involved in really trying to prevent Trump from being able to use the military in that way. And that may be a reason why we had such a light response. They didn't want to look like they were having a military conflict. They wanted, they took all the wrong lessons from Lafayette Square. Reporting, a DC Mayor Muriel Bowser first called Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy to ask for help at 1.34 p.m. It looks now like the Capitol the police. Yeah, now, Pete, let me break away from you a second because things are happening very quickly. According to your written testimony, you were, quote, aware that demonstrators had breached the Capitol. The Republicans all outperformed Trump. And I think if Trump runs again, he's going to lose. But let's see, what was Nancy? You know, your point that he knows middle America. And what we're trying to do is reach out to middle America. So exactly. what did you mean by that, Nancy? Well, I heard, I, I listened to the, uh, you know, most of, you know, like MSNBC, CNN, uh, James Carville was on and he says, the Democrats have to go through woke detox. And I'm very proud that I'm woke. And I laughed myself hysterically because he's right. I'm he woke. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm very proud of it. I'm woke, but I understand what James Carville is saying. He's right. He understands Middle America. Right. And yeah, we 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 maybe feel woke, but what woke is is recognizing what's going on. Right. It's not being some idea ideologue. It's about recognizing what's actually happening. Do we have other people who want to chime in here? Go ahead, John. The the Q folks are claiming that this is all directed by the NSA, the National Security Association, that the military is fully behind them. This needs to, you know, if they are, it's very simple. You take the people that aren't taking the shots, you ask them, why aren't you taking shots? And they're going to go because there's little bots being assembled in the thing, and it's actually a plot to kill everybody up. These people are scientifically 
they cannot be this stupid. They're flat out lying. And, and we got to realize how infectious the internet has made them. What they've learned is they can take a person, can contact a few of their associates, give, tell them just as an experiment, we're going to tell, you're going to all turn Republican and, and talk to this person. And pretty quickly, the person who's the target of the scientific study turns on a dime. And that's what the internet, the effect of the internet has been successfully misused by the, you, you got to remember Trump ran a show which was called what, You're Fired? And he quickly learned how, how we're chimpanzees, we're 98.3% chimpanzee, 90, we're only 1.7% uniquely human, mostly frontal cortex. Our most important survival mechanism is don't confront authority. We've all seen what happens when the hid the, uh, somebody confronts the hid head chimpanzee or gorilla, he chases them out of the tribe, he comes back and thumps the rest. So we're, we're subconsciously, unconsciously trained to not confront authority. And we have to do that. This, uh, this misplaced authority, which is against the constitution needs to be addressed. Right, and, and that's- Is with a new oath. Right, and that's, well, that's what also what we're trying to do here, trying to create counter propaganda. Because the current media environment, we're not going to get anywhere if major media networks can spread false lies with impunity. We're not going to get anywhere um, because it's not just the internet, it's major media networks. And right now the lawsuits are doing a good job. And a lot of the media has come out and said, no, Trump really lost this election. And the, those who are saying otherwise are being sued. So I think that's a good sign, but we need to address this. And so what we're doing is creating counter propaganda to, to educate people so that they will, but we need to consider their point of view as well. And I think uh, you, in some respects, that is exactly what the Q is saying that the, our media, our, our existing media is totally a bunch of actors lying to us. And I'm telling you, no, these are people that are putting their face, their families, their re reputation on the line. And these are, and the people on the internet are people that are unknown to the public and everybody's taking their word for things. Nobody even knows who the Q is, okay? The exactly. one that, he puts out generalities and then the public just the, the Q type people, uh, what, what I call the Q tards, uh, just take these generalizations and, and, and try to fit in things that happen as to being, uh, having been predicted by this anonymous Q person. It's, now, it's <coughs> are you referring to Fox News as being, or Newsmax? Are you for, referring to um, Ep Epic Times? What, what are you, when you say that the mainstream media, and they're not talking about mainstream, we're talking about Fox News. We're talking about major media networks with the highest ratings of any of the three, of the three major news networks and spreading been spreading falsehood for which they're now being sued. I don't oh, I think we can you. blame okay. the oh, internet for this. Right. I, I agree with you. 
Fox had is was totally part of the problem. Uh, they seem to lay, have laid off of it from the backlash a little bit, but I think they might resume. You're right. Uh, the, you got to really think twice when you're listening to Fox. Yes. Yeah. I, I think never that, listen to them. I hate them. I get so angry that I can't listen to them. But of course, I get angry a lot <laughs> about what's going on. I have a question. Has anybody read Alexander Vindeman's book? I'm planning to. What about it? So in that, uh, it, it's highly recommended. But then when Miley did this kind of uh, communication with China at the end, because he was afraid that Trump would create such a crazy situation that the country would feel that he needed to stay in power in order to deal with it. Alec Vindeman said that Miley should not have done what he did, that it was way out of chain of command. And if you read Vindeman's book, you're understanding that he himself was not handled correctly. It confuses me that on the one hand, I feel Miley did something very important, very important. And yet it was way out of chain of command, but I don't know who could have done that. Mm -hmm. You know, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Mm. Yes, it's, it's, yes, it's the chief, the joint chiefs of staff, Millie. You're talking about Millie. Yes, Millie. I don't agree with you. I think he did. He was perfect what he did. He told the truth. He went before yes. Congress. No, I know. But Vindeman felt. I, I agree. I don't know who else or what else could have been. You know what I'm saying? He's just trying but, to save the democracy. That's all. Well, right. I, and I, and I know what you're talking about, and I think there's a difference here that didn't get picked up. So what Millie did is he reassured China that he would do certain things if certain things came to pass. And people right. took that as a he was usurping power as he actually like he actually did something to stop Trump, which wasn't what he was doing. He was trying to calm them down so that things didn't get out of hand. Exactly. Um, but he wasn't usurping power in that he wasn't at least in that case too there might be other questionable things but he wasn't stop he didn't stop trump from doing anything if that makes sense no so, no, no he was protecting america he was from, just from china reacting to something that didn't exist correct and so he was and so he may have like if if trump was going to do something then millie may have taken a lot of actions to try to get other people to also stop trump knowing that he couldn't himself, but he wanted to be like an alarm is the, is, is, you know, the way I took it is he needed to calm China down though, because I guess China was pretty upset and, and, and Vindman, Vindman took it as like, he was saying that he had the power to do this. He was, and, and Trump. He, was he was scared for our country. He yeah. knew what Trump was doing He's right. right next to him. So I think there's a subtle difference the way Vidman read into it. And then what he, there's like the gray space. Vidman went from, he said this. So he was like acting like he had power and usurping authority. 
But I think the way I kind of read the situation was he said this to China to calm him down right? Oh, and then put himself as a stopgap. So maybe Millie couldn't stop him, but he wanted to make sure he knew what was going on so he could fire off alarms and other people could try to do something to stop him. And it's kind of a gray area. Yeah. And it could be that Vindemann's being dropped had to do with Millie. And maybe that's why he was reacting in the way he was, because I think anybody who would understand what Millie did would think, thank God he did it. <laughs> you know, right. There was who, a- who, who, We're all saying that. We're all saying that. Yeah. He, knew there- what, he, he could see what Trump was doing. He put in a, another uh, uh, secretary of defense, like, you know, like right. two, week, two weeks before the end of his term. Eva, you uh, wanted to say something and um, you took down your hand. Did you want to speak? Oh, yeah. And I just wanted to say thank you, everyone. I enjoy listening to everyone's point of view. And I'm sorry I didn't chime in earlier. I meant work at the hospital. But I just wanted to say just as, a, as an officer of the military, um, I don't agree with Vindeman. I think I'm one level of um, hierarchy below him. I think he got recently got promoted, but I'm, I'm an 06. So when it's for the greater good, you do have the ability to override and go above chain of command. So as everyone says, for the was for the um, safety of the country. And he probably was aware that um, there'd be um, there'd be a lot of people protecting him, including the new Secretary of Defense. So he realized that they'd go on deaf ears if he sounded the alarm. I forget the new person's the Secretary of Defense that had just been appointed in December before December of 2020, but that was the person who probably Is that didn't Christopher trust. Miller? Is that yes, Christopher yes. Miller? He probably was afraid of him. That that and not afraid, but maybe concerned that he wouldn't react or even respond. So General Miller, I in my opinion, just as a military member, did the did did the right thing. So Rachel, hop on board. You there? There you go. Yes, I'm here. Good morning and, and good afternoon, depending on what side of the world you guys are on. Um, I just want to thank you for the talk. I'm learning a lot about the, I know a little bit about the Constitution, but I, I am excited to be here and listen to you guys. And um, I wanted to kind of see if I can um, explain to the young lady that she was confused about the exit polls. You know, Normally, they are right, but ever since Trump got elected, that should teach you to not really pay attention to that and just get your people out and vote. We didn't lose that much in West Virginia. It was pretty close. It wasn't a shellacking. Yes, it wasn't a shellacking like everybody want to say. It was a a couple thousand, hundred thousand or 40,000 votes for, for the young man. And I think he messed up. When he tried to, you know, we got that fear mongering going out about government, 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 when the government has a role in all of our lives. It's just that the Republicans is pounding that into people's hearts and minds and it's trying to make them afraid. And, you know, I, I, I don't understand why it's working, but don't count them polls. Just try to get your people out there to vote. It's the best thing you can do just try to get as good information to your friends and family and that could help. But the young man in Virginia, he just said some wrong stuff when he interfered with their, 
saying about parents shouldn't be in school districts and it went viral on him and he couldn't overcome that. His message was flawed. He was, he was flawed for a while. (laughs) He was, if you paid attention to that young man, he was flawed for a while. He was saying stuff. He was very despondent, arrogant towards his constituents. And he had a cocky attitude that made even African-Americans not vote for him. Mm. And that's why he didn't prevail by the slimmest margin. And that other young man was able to take his seat. So we have a, a messaging problem in a Democratic Party. I don't know why they're not on the same page all of a sudden. The progressives and the moderates in the House and the Senate. I don't understand what's going on with them. And I don't know how what I can do to try to turn that, you know, and I could talk. I mean, my people are with me, but they're being distracted by the infighting. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one thing I'm going to take on next month. I'm going to try to do something like this next month. And that's real messaging to save democracy, because a lot of the messaging that we get is really directed towards progressives and just to be disseminated to progressives. And we're trying to reach out to the center of the country. And I have um, a question I want to ask, but I want to give people the opportunity to comment on what's been said so far. So Denise, go ahead. Um, I, I appreciate what you say said, Rachel, and I, I agree with you. I, I wish we could see some kind of a, a more of a middle ground within the Democratic Party to kind of come to terms with, you know, the progressive and the moderates. But I did want to speak about the exit poll information, too, because if you think back to 2016, and again, I, I know some of you probably won't agree with this, but if you think back to 2016 and Hillary Clinton was right on the verge of winning and all of a sudden kind of didn't, if Hillary Clinton would have tried the same tactics and the same approach that Donald Trump tried to stop the steal and all the different things that he's done, she, she would not have been able to do that as a woman. I mean, that's I, I think that's just, factual. Donald Trump kind of gets away with being this bully and, and, and making all these accusations and none of them proved to be true. But I think that's interesting in terms of just the exit polls in general. Thank you. Thank you. All right. um, John, come on in. What do you, you want to weigh in? The basis of the Republican revolution the, the way they try to just, you know, water it down to the public is they're claiming that the, our government is in such violation of the Constitution that they are justified in taking the country back. Yeah, I just wanted to say the basic, I know everything that John is saying, but they just, they're white supremacists. They just don't want the browning of America. That's what it's all about. They don't care about the Constitution. I'm, I'm not sure about that. I know they don't care about, well, let's put it this way. I don't think they know much about the Constitution at the lower levels. But I don't think that's what it's all about. Because I think what's happening is we've got national politicians, major media networks, and foreign governments all seeking to suppress democracy. Democracy is threatened and in decline 
around the world. And this is an assault directly on liberal democracy and an assault on our constitutional form of government. And so it's not, so they're using race. They're using race to get these bigots to jump on their side and be active. But behind the scenes, that's not what it's about. Behind the scenes, what it's really about is taking control of the most powerful and richest country in the world. And that's what's at stake. That's what they're trying to get. And that's why they're willing to take such huge risk and such large gambles to try and take over the country. And they're going to use race for that. But that's not really what's behind this, I don't believe. And one thing that I wanted to bring up was that people that we wouldn't expect, Mike Pence, William Barr, General Milley, they fought back. There were people, and intermittently, the chief of Milley, uh, Meadows even sometimes, and Cipollone, all these people were resisting Trump. Even Ivanka came in to tell him to let it go, let this election go. So this kind of is in contradiction to what we think about these people and how the media presents them that Barr was some sycophant who was operating as Trump's lawyer and not as the country's lawyer. And to be honest, their public statements were different from their private statements. So even Graham, Graham was not in with this big lie. Even public statements, of course, different, but he wasn't accepting the evidence. So we've got two things here. One, we may not have people like that next time. In fact, they're going to weed them out. And then secondly, maybe there is some goodness. Maybe some Republicans have some sense of the Constitution. Maybe they do have some sense of right and wrong. Even the conservative judges, Trump appointed judges, were rejecting his claim. So there's something there that we can latch on to. And I want, I want to see what people's views are about that, because there's, I mean, he's both Pence and Milley had it out with Trump and Barr had it out from Trump. He resigned, but Trump was thinking of firing him because he wasn't doing what Trump wanted. Trump called them, well, I have it written down, but it's cuss words. He hated, he wanted the military in the streets. And what happened was they resisted. They resisted and they, so they did, they all did stop him from doing things because he wanted to establish a military dictatorship and he was blocked from doing that. So um, how do people feel about that? I see your hands back up, Nancy. Are you still? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, no, I totally agree with everything you said. It heartens me how many uh, people stood up, like the guy, the Secretary of State in Georgia. That's all we could rely. Th those people saved our democracy, those people. There were Republicans, I agree with you. Yeah, and uh, there, uh, Jake Tapper has a program on now called the Trumping of Democracy, and he is interviewing. It's a two-hour program. He interviews a lot of Republicans that are standing up, telling the truth. So I'm not saying all Republicans are bad. No way. They, they those individuals 
saved our democracy. Yeah. I wish they would say the same things publicly that the book says they said in private. So some of you are well, asking- Some of them are doing that now. Some of them are speaking out at this program called Trumping Democracy on CNN. It just, it just aired last night. Some of them are doing it. It's amazing. Okay. So I think we're in a good way, but what we have now are the laws that are being passed in state after state restricting the right to vote. I think there's some, what, 30 laws have been passed or 20 laws? 33, you know, but there are 400 in the hopper. And uh, some of them are actually uh, close to being signed beyond 33. 